0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, JJ, Jennifer Wilson. Hey, Jim. Hey, JJ. So good to see you. You too.
1: It's good to be here.
0: You know, we're in Packing Spring in the central United States where you and I live. It feels so good to have a warm breeze, see those flowers coming into bloom and the grass green. I like it all. But there's something about spring that takes me back to my university years. I don't know why, but I had a great time at university, I guess. And I can see myself on the fifth floor of Ashton Hall, the dorm in which I lived at Seattle Pacific University, overlooking Queen Anne Hill's North Slope and across Finney Ridge and Puget Sound, I had a view room, it was awesome. In there's Seattle. a
1: rhododendron somewhere in the you got view. it, you
0: got it. And I imagine myself, I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm walking out of my dorm room, I'm going to chapel, and I'm pretty psyched up because there's a woman coming to speak in chapel as I'm a senior in university, and her name is Corey Ten Boom. Do you mm, know that name?
1: I do know that name. Yes.
0: She's famous, especially for a book she wrote called The Hiding Place. The hiding place. Which became a film as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I own it on VHS.
0: It's worth owning, I promise, even on VHS. <laughs> See if you can get a little, you know, know, look for that Blu-ray.
1: Update, yeah.
0: But Cory Ten Boom is a name that a lot of people have forgotten, and I'm a really old guy, so when I'm a senior in university, she's still alive. I'm talking 1974 here, but... I, I have never forgotten those chapel experiences with her. She was a phenom. Yes. And one thing she talked about was how she endured the most unspeakable horrors that can be known because she was a survivor of a Nazi concentration camp. And she gave us tools. No matter what we face in life, she said, If you'll hold this in your hand, you can live too. Wow. This day on Viewpoint, we're going to talk about one of those things that she considered to be absolutely the necessary anchor to survive. Ten Boom. It's a little bit of an unusual name. She right. was born in what country? Holland. Holland. It's yes. a Dutch name, the Ten Booms. Yes. Uh, she had a sister named Betsy.
1: Yes, her father was a watchmaker.
0: That's right. And uh, she grew up in Holland in a kind of idyllic circumstance, it seems to me. Her family was very stable, and her dad had a, a, a very profitable business. Part of a
1: hundred-year-old... Um, Watchmaking business.
0: It's a tradition, and they had status and relationships and and place in their community. Holland was spit and polish, and that's the way I imagine her house to be. And I see tulips and wooden shoes and windmills. <laughs> I mean, postcard perfect.
1: Cobblestone she, streets.
0: She was born a long time ago, actually one hundred twenty-five years ago this yes, spring. Celebrating and, her life. And that's in part why we're talking about her this week and the weeks preceding on Viewpoint, and she. Did not marry. She lived with her father, who became a widower. Her mother died of a stroke, and so that left Corey and her sister Betsy uh, alone with their dad. And they were young adult women living with their father. And some of the things that I know about Corey's growing up was that this family was very, very loving and and hospitable,
1: hospitable, mm-hmm.
0: always entertaining. And that Corey had a deep faith. Even as a child, she understood there was a God. She aligned herself with God the best she knew how at every age of her life. She believed in Jesus as the representation of God, the Son of God. And uh, she tried to align her steps and kind of make her way honoring Jesus as her Lord. That led her to having groups of kids that she taught in Sunday school and little Bible clubs and after-school clubs and things— she taught them about the Bible. She was someone who was a student of scripture. All of these things were just part of the ordinary routine of her community and her life until World War II comes and the Nazis invade. And Holland was occupied for many years. And it was a very dark age in Europe during those Mm -hmm. years, of course, and in Holland, especially. And The Ten Booms had another thing about them, didn't they, that uh, really feeds the story, doesn't it? What did they do during the war?
1: Well, in their home, it was a three-story home, in their home they had fashioned a hiding place, a closet of sorts, a really small room, where they would hide Jews or people from the resistance movement. They were kind of a, a little transition house, really. People would come and hide and stay for a few days and then move on to the next place.
0: And that hiding place is from what, the book that describes her life takes its name, and it's also what changes Corey's life forever. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that if you were going to provide refuge to Jewish innocents fleeing from Nazi camps or apprehension, or maybe Dutch resistance to the Nazi regime, people who were marked by the Nazis for apprehension, for arrest, and usually murder, if you were going to help those people escape, and this was a kind of underground railroad that would get them to the sea so they could get to the United Kingdom, and live, you put your own life at risk. Because if the Nazis ever discovered that you were a part of Aiding this transit abetting. scheme, mm-hmm. you you were a dead person. I mean, you were a goner. And Well, when you, you th- were
1: stopped. <laughs> well, yeah. and
0: when you think about Caspar Ten Boom, this aged man with his two mm-hmm. daughters who live with him, Corey and Betsy, risking everything, their lives, their ordered existence, the the lace tablecloth and the spotless little pot of geraniums in the window, everything. The window full of watches. That's right. They're they're willing to risk everything, their lives included, so that others might live. Mm -hmm. And this is because of their deep Christian faith. That's the only reason. There's no other reason they're doing this. And one day that worst nightmare comes to pass, and they are betrayed. The Nazis come and drag them out of their house. They throw them in the back of a truck. Casper Ten Boom is dead in ten days after the arrest. Betsy and Corey are shipped off by train in one of those awful moments, like a cattle car. They're taken to Ravensbrück concentration camp that was built. Years before the war began, just for women, it's 56 miles north of Berlin. And there, Betsy will die over time. They'll be subjected to slave labor, all kinds of horrors, Mm. unspeakable atrocities. Ravensbrück is the doorway of hell itself. It's hard to imagine that hell could be worse. This becomes Corey's life because she was willing to risk everything that others might live. How did she survive? Ah, that brings us back to why we're talking about her today, because she had certain anchors. And when we come back, let's identify one thing she said made the whole difference in her life's story. Jennifer Wilson, you're the original co-host with me here at Viewpoint. And during all of these years, have you ever been with us to the Holy Lands?
1: I have not.
0: Well, JJ, I want you to come with us next time because we're going to go again in January... 2018. Why in January? At the front end of the month, we'll be in Bethlehem for the Orthodox Christmas Eve. And then we're going to walk through the streets of the old city of Jerusalem. We'll be on the Mount of Olives and overlook that city over which Jesus wept. Hmm. We'll go to Galilee and you'll go out on a wooden boat framed like the one Jesus sailed on. And you'll see the bowl of mountains upon which the lilies bloom like Solomon's glory. There's so much to experience, so many places to go. The scripture comes alive. JJ, come along with us. And everyone listening, we want you to join us. How do you get there? Check out our website, cbhviewpoint.org. Read all about it. Or give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, toll free. See you there. J.J., there's a famous passage in the Psalms that talks about the value and power of God's Word. I'm going to ask you to read to us some verses out of Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16. This is from the New Living Translation, and actually, this is a passage upon which Cory ten Boom would stand. What does it say?
1: How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your Word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word
0: some really powerful ideas there, and especially right in the middle, what Corey owned as her own kind of theme verse, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When Cory Ten Boom came to speak in person on the campus where I was attending university, she dramatically told the story of growing up and her little Bible studies with her parents, and then as a young woman, helping children learn the Bible, and not just learn the stories, but actually memorizing the text. And she paused on the stage in her little tiny floral print dress and her gray hair <laughs> and a bun, her little black sweater, shoes. black clunky shoes, and, <laughs> you know, nylons with a seam up the back. I mean, she <laughs> was a quintessential grandmother of the time. I'll never forget the vision of her just talking and then just stopping on the stage for a moment and then continuing and looking straight at us. It seemed like she was looking straight at me in the front row of the balcony of thousands of students. But I felt like she was looking right at me, but I know she saw everyone. And she said, you must memorize the scripture because you never know when you will not be able to hold it in your hand. When she said it, I thought, well, that's absurd. You lived through World War II, but I don't live in World War II. But then she continued knowing our thoughts. She said, when I was a young person, when I was a young adult, even as I was approaching middle age, No one could have persuaded me that my country would fall prey to a Nazi invasion. No one could have even imagined the Nazis. We could not have even considered that we would not have access to the Bible and all other things. And yet I found myself suddenly alone. And all I had was the scripture I had hidden in my heart. She said, without it, I could never have survived. I was just dumbstruck at the moment. And honestly, it changed my life because I decided... I'm going to take that to heart and start memorizing Scripture myself. Now, in, in Corey's case, the Scripture would come back to her when she's in the concentration camp. And you might think, what difference does it make? And she would describe how when her sister Betsy, who was her closest companion in life— Neither of these sisters had ever married, and together they had walked through life, and they lost their father in the Nazi horror and and everything else. And so all they had was each other, and she watched her sister collapse and then be beaten and kicked. Mm. What is the word that comes back to her? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You see... She had hidden the word in her heart, and it caused her not to sin against God. Her own heart was not overcome by bitterness and resentment, which would have eaten her alive and probably destroyed her too. But she had hidden the word of God in her heart, and so it protected her and breathed life into her. Even when her body was weak, her soul would grow stronger day by day. When the sun was dark and the night was cold, she could Remember the son of righteousness, a verse she had memorized from the Old Testament. When she didn't have any hope, she didn't know what to do. She could remember the scripture saying, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. At so many levels, she would say it was the scripture hidden in her heart that made the difference. Well, the scripture, it's just like any other word, isn't it? Oh, or, no. <laughs> well, why Why the Bible? Why not memorize Shakespeare? Right. Why not memorize the Encyclopedia Britannica or some book you got off the Oprah Book Club? What's about the Scripture? Well, the Scripture claims for itself a kind of supernatural mm-hmm. agency. JJ, I know that you have before you a text famously from the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul, who knew a thing or two about the faith, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about God's Word, what does it say?
1: 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work.
0: The Word of God, the Bible in the Old and New Testaments, is not like any other written word. It is supernaturally breathed. It is supernaturally inspired, and it has supernatural power. You may not believe it so, but I promise you, if you start memorizing it, you're going to be astonished Mm -hmm. at how it comes back and empowers you.
1: At just the right time.
0: At just the right time. You might be thinking, well, okay, maybe, but... I'm not very good at memorization. I'm not sure I can get there. When we come back, JJ, let's talk about that a little bit. Is it possible for us, like Corey Ten Boom or anyone else, is it possible for us to memorize the word in a way that can give us life in the darkest hour?
2: It's hard to stand on shifting sand. It's hard to shine. In the shadows of the night, you can't be free.
0: J.J., you have two boys.
1: I do have two boys. And
0: uh, those are good boys, that Michael and Wynne. And one of them, especially Wynn, your youngest, is all into Bible memorization right now. He has
1: taken to it. It's wonderful. Tell
0: me about your refrigerator. On
1: our refrigerator, you can't see the refrigerator (laughs) door because it's all Scripture memory verses that he is learning with a group of kids at church. And he can go down through each one, and he just—sometimes you see his little eyes roll and just peek, and then he looks right at you, and he'll say the verse, and he'll say the address, and he's— He's appropriately proud of
0: himself. Well, and what a great (laughs) idea, actually, because what part of our house do we visit more often than the refrigerator? (laughs) I can think of only one other, and the refrigerator is best (laughs) to put those verses right up there.
1: Well, his very first verse that he memorized was Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you.
0: It's a great place to start. But now, when's a young boy, and, you know, there's a kind of you know, energy that comes from being a young boy or a young girl. And you can do things that maybe as we grow older, we think we can't do. But I promise you, any of us can memorize scripture. And I want to suggest a few things that you can do, some steps you can take uh, that will help you commit these words, to hide them in your heart. The first up is to pray. Corrie Ted Boom was a woman who believed in prayer. And she would recommend, and so do we, that as you approach the Bible, always pray. Absolutely. Lord, Lord, this is your sacred word. It's your supernatural God-breathed word. Now, open my heart, open my mind, open my eyes, my soul knowledge to be able to digest it and own it and, and integrate it into my deepest being. So you start by praying. You, you set yourself up to be open to the power of mm-hmm. God, to plant the word in you. What can you do next? What would be a second step?
1: Well, read it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean I can't just stare at the book?
1: (laughs) You know, the Bible is written in some ancient languages, um, Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, but it's been wonderfully translated in a language that you can understand. And so you need to find a, a translation that is true and one that you can read. Just take it, read it.
0: And the truth is, reading is something that almost all of us can do, but maybe you can't read, or maybe you don't like to read, you can get the Bible today easily in audio. In other words, you can listen to it on tape, maybe while you're in your car, or maybe while you're around the house just doing other things, but to put in the background the voice of God's Word it's a way also that can help seed you with that word. But you have to first be intentional. I'm going to ingest this. I'm going to comprehend it. I'm going to read it. And once you start reading it, then you make the decision, I'm going to remember it. I'm not just listening to it in the background like Muzak. I'm going to remember the content. And how do I do that? I want to suggest that you just break it down phrase by phrase. There are ideas. Let's take the Lord's Prayer, for instance. A famous prayer Jesus gave us, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now that's Shakespearean English because many of us have learned it in that that formulaic way. New versions of the Bible have a little different word order. But the idea is there's a phrase by phrase, Our Father who is in heaven. Well, right there, you have memorized the scripture. It tells you that you're Praying to God, who is your Father, and it's your Father not here on earth, but your Father in heaven. And so you have just memorized a phrase, Hallowed, that means to honor be thy name, honor your name. So, by phrase by phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, I, I want your kingdom to come, Lord, and I want it to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So, phrase by phrase, you begin to ingest, to cement that word inside of you. And if you do succeed in getting through the whole sentence or paragraph or whatever the verse might be, what can you do on the next day?
1: Read it again. Read Repeat it, again. it.
0: Repeat it because if you, just Practice
1: move, makes perfect.
0: if you just move on to something else, you may forget it, but cement it every day for a week, for instance, and pretty soon it'll be buried in you. It's what the scripture says. It's hidden in my heart.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, when we learned language, we repeated things over and over again. When you were a child, you wanted to read the same book over and over again until you had it, well, memorized. And that's how it is with scripture. If you really want to hide it in your heart, you need to spend a lot of time with it.
0: And it's astonishing how at some moments in life, something that you memorized long ago suddenly comes to life. And I believe the Holy Spirit will take those verses hidden that you may not be repeating every day and you may not have repeated for 10 years, but a moment will come and all of a sudden that verse will flood into your memory and you will know God is with me. And there's a truth here upon which I can stand and I can face anything because there's something inside of me supernaturally formed. That is Corey Ten Boom's witness. That's how she survived and that's how she triumphed after she was released from the camp and became a global phenomenon who inspired and changed the course of who knows how many million lives. But it started with her commitment to the scripture and to honoring Christ by swimming in his word. Hmm. Wherever you are in life today, you may be on easy street, or maybe you're in rough water. We don't know. If you're having a good day today, thanks be to God. But all of us have ups and downs, and for every mountaintop, there's a valley in life. That's just the way it goes. Prepare yourself now for the valleys, even if you're now at the top of the mountain. Or if you're in the valley, know you can climb out. By the same method as you prepare for a valley, and that is, hide the word of God in your heart, and it will give you a way forward how to get started. Well, remember what we said? You pray. You can pray with us right now. Our Father, we're so thankful for the scripture. That most magnificent of books, the Old and New Testament, which has been produced by many different authors over 1500 years on three continents and three languages, and yet is woven together by a single thread as if by a single author, and of course you are that author. We thank you for the supernatural phenomena of the scripture, not just in its creation, but in its preservation, and not just in its preservation, but for the work it can do inside of us. We know, Lord, that it is God-breathed, and we pray, Lord, that you'll help us hide it in our hearts, so that at just the right minutes, in a world we cannot imagine, in circumstances we cannot control, in a future that we cannot necessarily foresee. You will make us stronger, better, and a blessing even to others because we have hidden your word in our hearts. Help us to memorize that word. Inspire us, challenge us, dare us, and protect us as we do so. We surrender our lives, Lord, into your hands in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Lord. It is in his name we pray. Amen. Now, if you'd like to know more, about this Bible that seems so powerful in Corey Ten Boom's experience, or about the Jesus who is described therein. If you'd like to know more about how you can ingest the word and find that power for yourself, give us a call. Just dial this number 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, we are by the phone and yes, we do indeed wanna hear from you. And J.J., if someone did not want to call us up but would prefer to check us out online, where would they go?
1: Sure, you can find us at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the Viewpoint ministry. Please send us an email. Share with us your verses that you are working on to hide in your heart, and we will reply.
0: CBH, that's Christians, broadcasting hope, that's who we are, viewpoint.org. Or at the last, if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint. Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use surface mail, please let us hear from you this week. Jennifer Wilson, always good to be in your company. Oh,
1: it was great. Thank you so much.
0: And we're so glad that you joined us also at Viewpoint this week. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue to think about Cory Ten Boom and the lessons we can learn from her most extraordinary life, lessons that work even yet today. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.